0: When you step into Lifetime, you won't just see the difference, you'll feel it. Experience it for yourself. Visit Lifetime.life for a complimentary guest pass or stop by a club. Lifetime, the healthy way of life partner for the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Having Adam is uh, it's very helpful. Um, he's somebody that go out there. And he give his all day in, day out, because he know uh, where he came from uh, that, you know, that's the type of work ethic you got to have. I mean, having Adam is is tremendous. Everybody's mind is on uh, getting another W this week. We can match up with anybody on any day, so we know there's going to be another good game come up Sunday, and if we play the the will to win, we'll come out with a W.
0: You're listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast, episode 125. I'm Tatum Everett here inside TCO Studios' radio room, and I've got Gabe Henderson and Jay Nelson with me, and what a Monday night it was. You know, guys, it wasn't perfect, it wasn't pretty, but it keeps the postseason hopes alive. And I know we were all watching a little Tuesday night football last night for two reasons, this week's opponent, the Rams, beat the Seahawks twenty to ten, and it was an Eagles twenty seven to seventeen win over Washington football team that put the Vikings and well, the Vikings keep their number seven ranking at least for now. We've got the Saints, Eagles, Vikings all at seven and seven with three games left in the season, just like you had seen coming, right, Gabe?
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. We knew we would be in this spot after sure. all, right? I mean, we got three games left, so it's one of those things where you say, okay. Let's get some more wins. Hopefully, those other teams lose. But still, if we control our own destiny now, and that—that that pretty much is all that matters—is that, um, no matter how you look at this thing, as long as we keep winning, we're in.
0: Yeah. Where is the room for error in this situation, Jay?
2: Uh, it's
3: gone as of about three weeks ago. Uh, at this point, it—it's. We've been talking about it for week after week after week of how rollercoastery the season is, and before you were kind of you know, gritting your teeth a little bit saying I don't want to have to worry about other people's scenarios in order to figure out what our future is. Like Gabe said, you, you have the ability now to control it if if you can get your wins. We all know that um, this last three schedule, the last three teams here on the schedule are, are going to be daunting. But at the same point, you are now in that seven seed. You are in the driver's seat and it's up to you to control your destiny.
0: Yeah, I think Eric Smith put out a really good tweet this week. Um it shows the results from week four to now and it's just a period of two wins two losses two wins two losses two wins so really hope you don't get into that pattern of the two losses after double wins
2: two losses and we're out um that's pretty much that's that's pretty much the 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 pattern there is if you lose to either the rams well if you lose to both the rams and the packers then that bears game doesn't mean anything you split one of these games Mm -hmm. hopefully This is the one that you win, especially at home. You got the home fans, uh, U.S. Bank. You you just don't lose there. And then you try to take care of business those last two games, then you got a better shot. But, yeah, that that pattern can't continue. No, Guys, have you not been paying attention to this entire season? (laughs) Have you
3: not been paying attention to what has been happening? We all know at this point that, yes, if you do lose these next two games, you are most likely on the outside looking in at the same point who the heck knows what's actually <laughs> going to happen just I, I know we we went through Tatum last week talking about um kind of the remaining schedules and looking at what's happening. you know we needed Philly to win last night Washington was down to a quarterback that they signed off the street you know, and they still got a 10 point lead off of two turnovers last night and you're just shaking your head going you got to be kidding me <laughs> by the end of the game Philly found a way to actually you know get their head straight mm-hmm. and make it work but like, I'm done predicting what this oh, season's oh, for, sure, for sure, especially with three weeks to go. Um, the other thing too with on Vantage last week, you know, Courtney Corona was talking about this is the third time now we've tried to get back to 500. We've got there, and you're just like, we have to at least at minimum get two wins to try and potentially salvage our playoff chances. And uh, I'm for one, I'm going to sit back and watch and see what the heck happens. Hmm.
0: Yeah. And 10 of those games over the stretch have been one score games. And so it's just been like everyone keeps saying an up and down roller coaster, but no matter how your feelings were after that Monday night win, I always like to focus on a positive. So let's do another power minute of positivity. So we'll each have 60 seconds to kind of talk about our biggest takeaway from the Bears win, whether it was ugly or not. A win is a win is a win. So Gabe, we'll have you on the timer first. You ready?
2: Let's do it. All
0: right. Ready, set, go.
2: Power minute of positivity uh, has to go to the defensive side of the ball. Um, this was a game where we did a we played um as best as you could, a bend but don't break game. Um, we gave up 300 yards total offense, well, total defense, uh, but still only allow nine points. And the only touchdown of the game came on the last play of the game to a Minnesota native. But one of those things where this defense, where we've kind of been, you know, injury prone a little bit, we've kind of been on the back end of, you know, letting teams score um, seven or more points, even though we did give up three points in the last two minutes of the of the first half, but. The fact that we only gave up three points and then played a pretty much lockdown defense in the second half, uh, that's all you pretty much can ask for. This defense, we, we finally got two weeks in a row where we've had a healthy defense, and at least we've had start the same defense coming out as starters since week four. So having something of consistent, I think that bodes well for our defense going forward.
0: For sure. I mean, you think about all the trips to the red zone, and our red zone defense hasn't been perfect this year, but no. but to come up empty-handed twice, to be two and five on four down, yeah. uh, I mean, it just were it was those moments where I think before you used to be like, oh, no, here's, yeah. here it comes, here it comes. The defense was able to get a stop when it needed it the most, for sure.
2: Turnovers. Turnover and downs. Yeah, uh, one of five in the red zone. Like you, you can't play a better defense. Than
0: no, that. not at all. And that's why they walked away with three points. We won't, we won't count that last touchdown, will <laughs> we? All right, Jay, you got a minute of positivity. What you took away from the Bears game? Ready, set, go.
3: The fact that you played an ugly game by all accounts. Everyone was criticizing this team the entire time, um, criticizing the way they won, criticizing the yardage, criticizing all of it. The one thing you can't criticize is the fact you got the W. Uh, the fact that you did put 17 points up and you did beat a team that needed to be beat um, was something that was positive on my end. Yeah, you're gritting your teeth going. In. We'd love for it to be a little prettier um, out there. But at the same point, the fact that Gabe just said defensively, you stepped up like crazy. You saw you know, guys like DJ Wanham have great game uh, with three sacks. On the flip side, you also saw a guy like Delvin Cook be able to you know, kind of weather the storm. I know Akeem Hicks, those two have a, a little bit of a budding rivalry at this point. Um, but the fact is you, when you needed it, and when you got down to the red zone, you capitalized on turnovers, you capitalized on being able to punch it into the end zone there twice and, and get to that 17 mark. For me, it was just the fact that they were able to, you know, bury a bad team and, and survive in advance.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, Sound um, like
3: smart madness. That's the thing. (laughs) There you go. I mean, for us at this point, it it essentially is. It is. It is. uh, Let's see what uh, December to remember or is that a car event? Um, Basically, (laughs) at this at this point for us, we're just talking about the fact that you know you're now in the driver's seat and you've got three weeks to go. You have to handle your business, otherwise, you have no chance.
0: It's been quite mind-boggling, and I'm not just talking about the season in general. To watch this team play to the level of the competition in day in and day out to see performances by the offense where they've had to, you know, make it up for the defense defenses giving up big plays in the last moments of games and things like that. It's kind of funny to see how, you know, we used to see Kirk Cousins taking those game-winning drives or at least putting the team in a position yeah. to <laughs> score on a game a score on a game-winning drive and now the defense is kind of having their their turn of events here at this this time of the season.
2: This is the defense that Zimmer always wanted. He's a defensive-minded guy, and when his guys are playing well, that means the entire team can kind of do everything else that they need to do. This is, you know, I mean, Zimmer since he's been here, I think until last year had a top five defense. So the fact that we're starting to to see what this defense could look like, what well, we, the fact that this defense is starting to uh, live up to the potential that we talked about this preseason, that is boating that is serving this entire offense and this entire team well. I also think defensively, if you look at it, you know, we were
3: trying to struggle to find our identity a little bit too, given all the injuries and people that were, you know, starters that were gone. Now you're finally back to the point where those veterans, those starters people are, are filling in. And I just, it all season long, we were sitting there saying, well, the offense is leading this team. The defense needs to catch up. And now in a game where offensively you struggled to put up yardage, but you still punched in some points mm-hmm. Given the fact it was Justin Fields, given the fact that he's still trying to figure it out this season, that offensive line isn't that great. Defensively, they finally, in a game, were able to step up and make sure that You know, offense might not be giving us what we need for this Mm -hmm. week. It's our turn to take this over.
0: And speaking of our turn to take this over, I'll (laughs) piggyback on that theme for my Power Minute of Positivity. I was really impressed with the youth movement that was going on. You know, you didn't have Adam Thielen in the game, and so you're relying on guys like KJ Osborne, who really came alive this season. We can't forget that he is a second year player and really didn't have any offensive snaps last season. So seeing him improve this season, seeing DJ Wanham walk away with his first multi-sack performance of his career to see Kane Wangwu get out there and get a couple of snaps. His speed is so exciting to see. Once he starts to really understand the offense and get more reps out there in real live games, it's going to be so exciting to see what he can do. And then we've got Amir Smith-Marset, who scored his first career touchdown. Again, trying to fill the gap where Adam Thielen was was no longer um, in the roster. Uh, You know, high hopes for him to be back this season or to be back this week. But I was just really impressed with the amount of talent that we've been able to get in the draft and how they've showed up this week. So speaking of that, though, I'll bring us to our podcast guest this week coming off of his, as I just said, first career touchdown in the NFL. We've got Amir Smith-Marset on the MVP this week. And joining the Minnesota Vikings podcast once again is rookie wide receiver Amir Smith-Marset. And Amir, it's a big week for you after scoring your <laughs> first career NFL touchdown touchdown. Uh, do you still go back and kind of watch it a few times over to, to relive the moment?
1: Yeah, yeah. My family sent it to me, so uh, like every, every couple hours or so, I'll go back and watch it like it's crazy. I really scored, especially on Monday night where it's like pretty much one of the only games on. Everybody
0: but, was watching. Yeah. So. Did your phone blow up a lot after that?
1: Yeah, it was it was kind of bad. Like I couldn't even like use my phone. You it was charge. it just kept like kept going off, kept going off. But you know, it's a blessing. So.
0: Did you know that it was the first. Iowa wide receiver touchdown in the NFL since 2007? That's so hard to believe. So
1: it's funny because uh, basically like my best friend uh, from college texted me like, hey, bro, congrats. you the first person to score in Iowa in like 15 years or so. So I was like, that's crazy. Think about it. And uh, I think, what? Well, Tim Dwight or Kyle Casper was the one before him. I don't know exactly which one, but since 2007, that's a long time. and I'm happy to, you know, be the one to do it.
0: Yeah. What's been the biggest shock, I guess, for you, or not shock, the biggest surprise about being in the league so far?
1: I don't really know. Uh, you get to battle against superstars, like, you know, you got people you go against that's highly named and, you know, you at the top of the I guess the the level. So you at the top level, competing against those guys, and then you got superstars on your team. So just you know, being here working working with these you know guys every day is like pretty much the best part. So it's just like it's still like crazy that I get to come here and this is like my actual job. So, yeah, you yeah. come
0: to work and you have fun. Yeah. I think what do they say? If you have fun and love what you do. It doesn't feel like work.
1: Yeah. So basically, I, I, I play a little kid's game for you know there you go. fun, and uh, I love doing it. So
0: that's true, and it pays yeah. the bills, which is also nice. Yeah,
1: we do pay the bills. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, speaking of the game from um, on on Monday night, uh, on the specific play that you scored on, Justin Jefferson lined up in the backfield. The defense takes the bait. You're wide open there in the end zone. Um, mm-hmm. Having a guy like that. Attract so much attention and being able to utilize that. What is what is that like each and every week oh, that y'all prepare?
1: uh It's it's beautiful because uh, it opened up targets like that for me, for guys like me. So you know, having Justin is uh, a tremendous thing, tremendous factor. You know, not just for me or other you know players out there, but for the whole team. um You know, when you get a guy like that moving in, you know, different situations, different spots and attracting so much attention to open up the game for so many other people, uh, not just me, uh, but, you know, KJ coming in, uh, being able to take a step forward with Adam being out. And then uh, when you got Adam and Justin out there, it might open up stuff for like Dede underneath and, you know, KJ again. And then you got Dalvin Cook, who's going to be Dalvin Cook and stuff like that. So, I mean, just having those guys out there is tremendous. And, you know, give, you know, more guys like, you know, under the radar guys mm-hmm. uh, a chance to, you know, get the ball.
0: Yeah, you know, I heard you on the radio earlier this week talking about your relationship with Adam Thielen, and it felt very, obviously, mentor, but it felt very, like, big brother-esque, yeah, I guess you could say. Yeah, um, do you have any older siblings? Uh, I
1: have an older sister, actually. who so ju- this is- She graduated law school. okay the day before the game so she graduated law school on well, sunday
0: congrats big sis yeah
1: congratulations to her and uh she was like in tears because i couldn't be there but she understood oh, yeah, why yeah. and it was just like wow like i will go out there and score you know basically <laughs> one, when i can't be yeah, can, yeah. When, yeah when i can't be with my family on a, a big you know celebration day like that for my sister so i feel like you know it was a blessing of uh, being able to give that to her on a uh, graduation day from yeah. for law school all her hard work has paid off so i mean it's they go hand in hand.
0: Mom and dad have to be super proud of what you kids have accomplished. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. I got a younger brother, too, and another younger sister. Younger brother playing football, too. So, so you're a middle child, huh? I'm the middle child. Yep. Yeah, I got it hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, speaking of that room, I mean, right now you are like the baby in the in – the- Wide receiver room, Adam's kind of the elder statesman of grandpa, the group. You, do y'all call him grandpa? Nah, we don't call him grandpa, no, but okay. he old. <laughs> he's not that old. <laughs> nah, he's not old. He's not that old. But, but what is what can you what do you take away from having a resource like him? And, and really someone, I mean, he wasn't drafted. He he kind yeah. of really built his career from Facts. the ground up.
1: Facts. So having Adam is uh it's very helpful. Um he's somebody that go out there and he give his all day in, day out, because he know. Uh, where he came from, um, that, you know, that's the type of work ethic you got to have, you know, to make it and survive at this level. So talking to him and then, you know, the status that he's reached, um, you know, over the years, He just teaches to me uh, basically everything he see out there, how he go about things and, you know, what what you should expect and how you should, you know, take things day by day. So it's definitely helpful having him out there. And then, you know, when you mess up, you know, him telling you what you should do better, how to do it better, and stuff like that. So, I mean, having Adam is is tremendous.
0: When you are on the sideline, obviously not getting the amount of snaps you maybe want right now because you're really learning and getting to know things. What do you do – during the game, are you constantly, you know, in people's ears and the in the huddles, trying to understand what's going on, ready for that call? Yeah,
1: yeah. So basically, I'm ta- I'm always talking to uh, the guys that's playing. So Justin, KJ, uh, Didi, Adam, uh, asking them like what they see, and mm-hmm. then I'm constantly t- uh, uh, telling Coach McCardell like the coverages that I see out there. Like cover four, this route should be ran like that. Uh, cover two, this route should be ran that way. You get what I'm saying? So I just try to stay locked in uh, and to the position where i would potentially go in so just in case you know i have to step in it for a player two i would know exactly what i'm doing and uh what to expect
0: do you enjoy being a student at the game
1: oh definitely definitely i love the game of football just being able to watch it being around being around it um you learn more and more each day so uh, i've learned so much from you know coming out of college to this level um and just being able to take it all in and adjusting so uh, i love i love football
0: and the act of being this patient pays off in the end um, if you're willing to put the work in and you look at a guy like KJ and what he's Fox. been able to do he was very much in your shoes last season and to see him kind of explode this year and take advantage of his opportunities yeah. um what do you what do you learn uh, like what do you, what lesson do you take away from watching a story like his so far
1: uh just just always be ready cuz you never know when that moment going to come uh so basically KJ sat out last year uh then take and, probably any to none yeah you've had more yeah Mm me like meaningful snaps so for him to come back you know his next year and then play a significant role um balling out the way he's balling out it just shows me that you know your time coming just be patient um sit back learn the best thing you could do is learn uh in the position you're in right now you got two three great receivers in front of you right now um and they doing what they do so just being able to you know just sit back and, and be patient
0: you obviously have a, a lot of brothers and sisters, big family. Um, do you really enjoy this time of year?
1: Yeah, I do. are you a Actually, holiday guy? Uh, I was, uh, I don't know. I really <laughs> don't know. Uh, if I'm a holiday guy or not. But uh, I like the the spirit of having family around. Uh, just it's a comfort comfortability thing. Uh, you know, just being able to talk to them, be around them, and you know, just enjoy the, the time that you spend with them uh, around family time. Around did Christmas. you have Christmas. yeah around
0: Christmas yeah. Yeah. yeah did you have any special Christmas traditions growing up.
1: You opened up your presents a day early.
0: Did you? Yeah. Okay, so you had Christmas Eve presents, huh?
1: Yeah, man, yeah, I grew up with my grandma uh, pretty much, so she would just come and be like, here, this is what you got. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's a tradition, that's a tradition. There you so. go.
0: Hey, every family has its own, right? Yeah. Well, heading into this game, um, I know that you guys hope that it's another gift, a win, um, keeping those playoff hopes alive. What is it like right now? You know, give us a a, pe- a peek into the locker room about where everyone's minds are this week.
1: Uh, everybody' mind is on uh, getting another W this week. Um, you know, continue to push forward, stay together, and uh, just you know, put our best foot forward and don't don't t- take our foot off the gas. Pretty much, uh, just keep pushing. And uh, every game we've been in, we know we have not been out of not one game this season. So. We could we can match up with anybody on any day, so we know that there's gonna be another good game come up Sunday. And if we play the you know the 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 will to win, we'll come out with a W. All
0: right. Thank you so much to Vikings rookie receiver Amir Smith Marset for joining the podcast today.
1: Have a great Best day. Best of
0: luck this weekend.
1: Thank you. Have a great day.
0: A big thanks to Amir Smith Marset for joining the MVP this week. Love his personality and love what he is doing on the field right now. It's great to see him get his first touchdown and the celebration and kind of have that that moment just for him.
2: He's a guy that was we were high on all off season when he got drafted. A guy who came in with a lot of confidence. I remember uh, he joined the MVP uh, this off season and he just we talked about just his personality, mm-hmm. uh, how he's been able to to just gel with some of those guys. So to see. Uh, that kind of pay off in in the stat sheet for once this year. That 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 was really cool to see.
0: Very very cool. Well. We've got a big game coming up on Sunday, as we've really talked about there in the beginning, and not a lot of room for error as the Vikings welcome in the Rams, who are 10 and 4, coming off a win over the Seahawks last night. If you're a fan of the MVP, you might recognize this next segment. It's how we get ready for every game. Going around the table talking about one thing we're excited about in this matchup and one thing that makes us nervous. So, Gabe, we'll start with you with one thing that makes you excited about the Vikings hosting the Rams.
2: One thing I'm excited about is our run offense versus their run defense. I know this is you look at their defensive line and you say, oh, man, they got Aaron down. They got uh, Von Miller. They have so many guys on the defensive line that. That can make an offensive coordinator worry. Still, when you look at the film and you turn to this past Seahawks game, you saw those guys getting the ball downhill quick. And I think this is a run defense that is seventh best in the NFL. And you look at that and say, okay, well, they only give up 100 yards per game. You shouldn't be able to run on them. I do think there are ways to gash this team. And if you get that going early, get some of the offensive linemen on the second level on their linebackers, I think. There will be some opportunities for Dalvin to to cut loose. This is a team that that, that does miss a lot of tackle. So if, if you get to that second level, I do think there's some opportunities to 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 make some splash plays downfield. And of course, when you run the ball, that opens up the pass. And when you can pass the ball in this team that is really good in pass defense, that bodes well for this Vikings team in this case that's trying to get a dub the day after Christmas.
0: Do you think this is one of the best defenses the Vikings have faced this season?
2: For sure. For sure, especially just overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just thinking of the Packers' defense. They were kind of depleted when we paid, when we played yeah. them. But outside of them, this is top top to bottom best defense we've played. They got. I still think their their linebackers are, are the weakest part of their defense. But you got Taylor Rat back there. You got um, their their other corner last name Scott. Then you got Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. And then you got their defensive line that. It's tough to get penetration on if if you if you don't man up and say okay well, this is what we're going to do opposed to what we're going to let you do so yeah they they are really really good when you turn on the film yeah. it's like man these guys are good lives
0: and you think this could be a bounce back game for our offense after what happened against the bears I mean the bears front was a lot better than I think people were expecting them to be.
2: Yeah. Akeem Hicks has been out like the past six weeks. So teams have been running it downhill. So the fact that Akeem Hicks was back, we we know what he does when he plays the Vikings again, what he did this year, that they, they are a really good defense. Chicago is known for their defense. When they have all their guys healthy, it's going to be tough for for you to try to get some points in those guys. But I still think this L.A. Rams defense is better.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a tall task, but uh, there are some bright spots. Jay, what is one thing you're excited about in this matchup?
3: The fact this game is at home.
0: I like uh, that, too. The fact
3: that we're not in L.A. at SoFi for this one, I think, is massive for us. You know, And I'm hoping that, given what just happened in Chicago, there is a little bit more of a fire lit under our offense's butt this week. Yeah. Um, and so we feed off the energy. Tatum, you just talked about the fact that this team plays to the level of their competition. Uh, and another thing that that we had cited earlier in the year is the fact that yeah we're playing Detroit, but there's no Matt Stafford. Well, <laughs> now you get Matt Stafford. Um, Isn't that so, interesting. Yeah. So the the fact that they seem to be they're they're still in a, a dogfight uh, out there in the West with Arizona, you know, faltering at this point and, and slipping. I think the Rams at this point are really looking at it, saying it's still obtainable for them to try to to leapfrog them, especially and win the division. So like
0: they have a lot to play for. Such a good point.
3: So so I think. It's going to be a very tough, tough game uh, coming up here on Sunday. But the fact it is at home, I think, is going to be a, a factor for me. And um, hopefully, you know, offensively, that actually jump starts not only Dalvin on that perfect weather condition, hmm. but at the same point, um, you know, guys like J.J. and even Amir Smith-Marset mm-hmm. um, have the ability this week to really jump off on that field.
2: And I think the fact that we are playing at U.S. Bank Stadium allows us to, to jump on those guys early. Their, their offense, I think they're in the lower tier as far as scoring offense in the first quarter. I think they only average like three points in the first quarter. So when you see that, it takes them a while to get warmed up, similar to the Seahawks game. So if you get on these guys early, similar to what the San Francisco 49ers did a few weeks ago, getting two picks in the first quarter, yeah. that that is, that is where you want to be, having those guys playing catch-up football. And in this case, if you control the time of possession the way any Kubiak offense is is, is supposed to be, uh, I, I think that serves us really well. I
0: mean, if you think about it, if you can jump out to a lead like you did against the Steelers and have the defense play the way they did against the Bears for four quarters, I mean, what is a blowout? What's, yeah. what, what, is, what is a big point? What is a win by, you know, two touchdowns? I don't know what that feels like.
2: Jay, i I'm going to sound like you right now. Uh have you seen this season this far? <laughs> I know.
0: This is just me wishful thinking. <laughs> nah,
2: it's, it's a great wishful thinking. I think that'll be a great Christmas present right what there. What if he? To me that's Oh, a
0: birthday present for yeah, Gabe. That's true. Shout out, birthday uh, boy.
2: But this is I mean, but you look at this Rams team like they they have been in some games where it hasn't been close. They lost 28 to 16 to the Titans, 31 to 10 against the 49ers and then 37 to 20 early on in the year against the Cardinals. So if you get on this team early, mm-hmm. it has been proven that they will give up. I kind of feel like we're looking for a Christmas
3: miracle or we're looking for a <laughs> unicorn here. <laughs> which looking is, a <laughs> we're looking for a complete game. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I feel like coming down the stretch here at the end of the season, given everything that we've seen, this is, this is what we're asking for is just a complete game across the board, all three phases yeah. To try and get a win against this team that that definitely has some strength and some weaknesses. It's long. Exactly. Overdue. I mean,
0: you know what's coming up next. A Packers team who is playing their best football, tops in the NFC. And so you really can't falter this week. Um one thing I like in this matchup, um, it, you know, it's not really matchup based, but I'm excited to see Justin Jefferson break Odell Beckham Jr.'s record for most receiving yards in a receiver's first two seasons. He's 21 yards shy, so I really don't think he's gonna not be able to get that, um, so I'm I'm pumped to see that. Um, and you know what? As as much as it would have been great to see it in the Bears game, for obvious reasons, at least this will be in US Bank Stadium, in front of the home crowd, in front of the fans who love him so much, the fans who have adopted him and made them their own. And so um, I think that'll be a really cool moment in the first half, maybe the first drive, maybe the first quarter. Here we go. Yeah,
2: hopefully, like yeah. that. That's kind of like Jay said. It's like. Hopefully this is just a complete game. It's 21 and yards. He can do 21, it. Yeah. He, and the fact that he he broke Randy R- Moss's record last week for second most receiving yards in the first two years in front of Randy Moss with yeah. Randy Moss in attendance. I think this is what makes this this opportunity so much more special. Jay, I mean, OBJ is his guy. So it's like, all right. And he'll be there, he'll which is be crazy. There. And I'm, I'm sure I'm sure everyone understands that. I mean, we'll probably put out an email here. JJ is 20 yards from breaking the most breaking the NFL record for most receiving mm-hmm. yards in the first two seasons. So I, th- I think it'll happen, but he's he's going to have a tall task. Yeah.
0: Because is Jalen Ramsey available oh, he, this game?
2: Oh, Absolutely. He, he was available two nights ago when he was one-on-one with DK Metcalf, and literally he shadowed him the entire game. I'm sure we're probably going to look at that Packers game where Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey went one-on-one the entire game, but Matt LaFleur put Devontae Adams in situations where – Jalen Ramsey couldn't shadow him. So there, there's ways to beat this team and ways to to make Jalen Ramsey not look as
3: good. Well, and
0: Clint Kubiak's been known to put JJ in some pretty creative situations this year, too, as yeah. well. So that would be really, really fun to see.
3: But if that's going to be the case, uh, essentially, you just get to earn it, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, I mean, that could be one of those things where literally one the first pass of the game could be something where it could, it could happen. So, like, I think there is the motivation, OBJ being there. You can call it the uh, uh, Justin Jefferson World Tour, you know, Stats World Tour at this point. <laughs> um, just Keep going, kid. You know, whatever. It, it's going to take Justin being involved in this uh, this offensive game plan in order to to mm-hmm. get a win. So they're going to have to find ways to get mismatches for him.
0: All right. Speaking of things that make you a little bit nervous, what is one thing that makes you nervous, Gabe, in this matchup?
2: Cooper Cup. I'm literally reading this ESPN writers article and it says Cooper Cup faces the Vikings next week. They've allowed in the Vikings Ugh. a league high 464 PPR fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers in the past five weeks.
0: Wait, no, repeat that, please. The Vikings
2: have allowed a league high 46.4 points, PPR fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers in the past five weeks.
0: Oh, like receivers total, not just like one receiver. No,
2: no, no. no. A single receiver? Each game. Like a league high. (sighs) And with the league most, four individuals scoring 20 plus against them during that time. So Cooper Cup, who leads the leads the NFL in receiving, uh, receiving yards, receiving catches, who just broke Isaac Bruce for most catches in uh Rams history, mm-hmm. and yards after catch, it, it 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 makes me nervous because this guy lines up a lot in the slot, and McKenzie, I think McKenzie is a, a a great DB, but still Cooper Cup just they put it this way, Sean McVay puts Cooper Cup in in situations and in different formations to make him come come open because you got to guard I mean there was a few plays where you literally just have to guard the entire field but sometimes you're just a man down like you do a rollout play and everybody's literally covered and then you just see Cooper Cup just standing in the middle of the field and it's just like hold on like how did this guy just (laughs) just stand like how how is he this open but that's just how they draw draw the plays up for him and then what he does when he gets the ball. Like, that makes anybody, any defensive coordinator nervous. So I'm sure we'll we'll have a game plan. But, but still, a guy who's had 90-plus receiving yards in the past 10 games, like, he, he's going to make me nervous.
0: I mean, when you think about it, you know, you, you brought up Matthew Stafford, Jay, a second ago, and yeah, you know, the Vikings know Matthew Stafford, but the Vikings don't know a Matthew Stafford in this offense.
3: That was always the kind of criticism was saying, well, if he only had a decent offensive line and if he only had a little bit better weapons, like – You know, he could he could be one of those guys who's a top echelon quarterback. And now we get to see what that looks like. You know, you've seen this season. The Rams at this point are known for their defense offensively. They've got some weapons and Cooper Cup is a guy that week after week is just putting up body numbers. But, um, you know, given some of the, the issues that secondary has had here for the Vikings team, it is going to be interesting to see what we game plan to try to, to neutralize him. So I think the fact that, you know, there were some changes that happened this past week. Um, some of those guys that were stepping in to fill in are none of them are rookies at this point anymore. They've mm-hmm. all got a lot of experience. There's going to be a, an interesting game plan popping up here for the defense. So let's see if they can do two in a row. How, how often
2: do you think these coaches play Madden? Ooh. Virtually never, I would guess.
0: Maybe oh. in the off season.
2: Because yeah, I'm asking because uh, like there, there's this coverage on Madden and it's like cover three. But it's like you you, you use one guy to play man to man on their best receiver while playing zone on top of it. And I'm just like, man, if Adam Zimmer or Mike Zimmer play Madden this week. Hopefully they receive this coverage. <laughs> but, that, but for me, like you're looking at
3: something like that. And that's almost like just doing like your bracket coverage. Right. Yeah. So like that. Th- and that was the thing I remember, you know. Belichick used to do that on Thielen or in Diggs too. And you're just like, you assume that, yeah, you know, Cooper Cup's going to be the guy, mm-hmm. but you can't do it at the expense of giving up room for a guy like a, a Henderson or a Sony Michelle to run. Oof. So, like, you're, you know, again, I'm going to be curious to see defensively how creative they get to try to neutralize a couple of these pieces to see if it's going to be the bandwidth don't break. Yep.
0: Well, other than, you know, what you just brought up, is there anything else you're nervous about in this matchup, Jay? Uh,
3: I would say the giant elephant in the room, which is the <laughs> L.A. Rams defensive <laughs> pass rush. Um, during the game on on uh, Monday night, I was texting with some people and just kind of said, you know, watching with Hicks do what he was doing. Yeah. I'm like, Aaron Donald's going to be watching this footage and just kind of his eyes are going to be, yeah. you know, the size of saucers. It's like Aaron Donald is a man-child, and he <laughs> is known for – he doesn't have to get pretty he can put two hands on a chest plate and he will shove you 10 yards back into a quarterback we all know that you know there have been struggles on the offensive line at times, and other times they played great. Um, this past week in Chicago, I think again showed the Rams a little bit of a blueprint of you know what they can do to try to disrupt this offense. And for me, the fact that Aaron Donald's got 11 sacks at this point, he's top five and statistically in that in that category. Um, and I know in the past when we've played the Rams, he has been a, dis- a disruptor, and I think. Once again, this week, that is going to you're going to need uh, co op blocks. You're going to need uh, delvin chipping uh, Mm -hmm. from the backfield and giving Kirk time if we're going to want JJ to be able to try and and get any time to to get some receptions off of Kirk's passes. So, Aaron Donald, uh, Leonard Floyd, and and Sebastian Joseph Day, those three (laughs) guys I think are going to be a problem. And so, let's see how this offensive line handles it.
0: Yeah, you bring up, you know, what what offensive line is going to show up. And that kind of brings me to my what makes me nervous is just overall, which Vikings team is going to show up to this game. The offense was anemic last time they struggled against the pass rush last week. And and that's the offense we see when they're playing teams that are usually not as good, not with the not the best records. We've seen that against the Lions. We've seen that against the Bears now. Um, Which team is going to show up against this Rams team who is 10 and four they're playing for their division lead Um, is it going to be the team that you know hung with the Ravens or the team that showed up and just put away the Chargers Um, the team that beat the Packers at home like is that going to be the team that we're going to see and I just don't know if we'll ever if history proves itself this season we will see an inspired team. Because this Rams team is one of the best teams we've faced this season, but you just never know. You don't want this to be the one game where it doesn't happen.
3: Yeah, and, you don't. And offensively, the the fact that you Kirk, you know, put up a sub 100 yard passing game, even though he had two touchdowns, that I think is going to be motivation. Now the question about that is, as long as we're doing it smart instead of pressing, when you start to press and you start to to get nervous and and do things that are out of the ordinary that's when potentially you're making mistakes so i just think as long as they have a solid game plan and they're able to execute it then things go well if if you have to go off script and and start to make some of those adjustments that's where you're going to see potentially you know what this team is made of given what they're throwing at them and we all know Sean McVeigh is one of the, you know, best young minds in the game, and everyone loves to talk about that. He's going to have a game plan and an A game coming at us. How do we neutralize that?
2: We neutralize that with a guy in Adam Thielen, or if Adam Thielen is not playing Amir Smith-Marcet, who was the guest today, or KJ Osborne, they have to take another step. Um, If I'm the Rams, you're, you're turning on that film and watching the Bears game and say, okay, we're, we're just going to stack the box and double J.J. Mm-hmm. And clearly no one else can, can make a play because the stats show that nobody else really made a play. That's the reason why Kirk had a sub 100 games because he was looking for J.J. I think J.J. had eight or nine targets, only four catches. So it was like, all right, well, if Kirk only has... Twelve completions and four of those or five of those went to JJ. Then clearly that's who he's looking for. So you, you gotta hope a, a Thielen can play and kind of stress, mm-hmm. put put another make make those guys respect him. And if I mean I think if he's at least eighty percent this week, you still gotta respect the fact that the Adam Thielen can still go out there and make some plays. But I, I think this this receiving core this this upcoming Sunday is gonna have to be on their A game because this is a really good secondary for this la rams team and if rightfully so they probably don't respect what we got on the field right now because we haven't really shown anything else really quick nugget and it doesn't need to be a long talker but i think
3: sneakily a person that was really missed this past week was dd westbrook mm. having that veteran wide receiver in that group to really help and and push and understand like where they could stress uh, Mm -hmm. offensively. I think, um, you know, with him being reactivated off the COVID list and everything, him being back this week will be helpful. Um, And then again, just trying to see, you know, KJ or whomever um, step up again, but uh, it goes back to that offensive line and just being able to give Kirk time.
0: Yeah. If you look at the teams that are seven and seven right now in the NFC vying for that last playoff spots, the Vikings who have the Rams Packers on the road, then they end the season with the Bears at home. Those teams have a 25 and 17 record right now. Um, the Eagles face three teams with a combined record of 20 and 22. They'll be hosting the Giants at Washington and then they end the season hosting the Cowboys. So it's a favorable schedule. But the one that makes me nervous is the Saints. They don't have a very strong end of season schedule. Uh, they host two games and then they are on the road. Uh, they host the Dolphins, Panthers, and then they're at Atlanta. Their combined records are eighteen and twenty four. And that's where it makes me a little nervous because that is who you're competing with, the Eagles, the Saints. even if you as long as you take care of business, that's okay. but the the margin of error is just very slim when you look at what the other two teams you're battling against as far as scoreboard watching goes.
2: I'm more concerned about the Washington football team still. Because I think their schedule is still a little bit easier. Because the Cowboys, they'll probably lose that game, but there are still two more wins there. The Saints, I think they're going to beat themselves. Um, they they kind of got lucky with this that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Granted, a win is a win, right? No matter how you look at it, but still having some quarterback issues. This Dolphins team that's starting to make a make a little run here. They're seven and seven, and then uh, I think the, did you say they had the Falcons also at the end?
0: Yeah, they are at Atlanta to end the season. Yeah.
2: That, I'm, I'm more so worried about the Washington Football Team. If, if if those guys beat each other up, let's say if they lose to at least two out of their last three games, I, I'm not I'm not really worried about the Saints because I just feel like I don't know. I just look at like
3: teams that, that are such solid.
0: Discuss what a true Minnesota. <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm the, just <laughs> the thing about on. the Saints for me though is the fact that they don't necessarily in offense have to be the best team. Like that defense with cam jordan that mm-hmm. was really the thing that helped pull them through in that game with tampa mm-hmm. and the fact that they were able to, to to stress tom brady to the point where he was losing it on you know running past the sideline of the other team at the end of the game knowing you know this is not normal for mm-hmm. him r.i.p
0: microsoft surface but, huh yeah 100 <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I, the thing about the saints they always seem to be a team at the back end of a season that gets hot enough that they can they can try and make a run here, and the fact that they are doing what they're doing with Taysom Hill, He's and defensively they're able to lock down. I just that's what makes me nervous about that team. I was one that was poo pooing the Miami game <laughs> at the same point. Now Miami's won yeah, six in a row.
0: Yeah, they've been really good lately.
3: And so that I think Dude. that is going to be a lot more difficult than most people think.
2: How's Brian Flores not up for Coach of the Year?
3: I think he's not up for Coach of the Year because they were one and seven at one point. I, I I'm just saying, like yeah. the, the fact that they were one and seven. And there is such a log jam even at eight and six at this point in, in the AFC. I think I saw like kind of those wild card spots. There were, mm-hmm. I think it was 12 teams that were still mm-hmm. in the hunt for that, which mm-hmm. is bananas. Um, <laughs> but defensively, the Saints can still can still um, at least try and disrupt the rest of the playoff picture. Um, Washington getting a quarterback back, great, um, and defensive linebacker, great as well. Um, but the fact that it is a softer schedule given that they're playing all those division games here for those final three weeks is, is something that does make me nervous in that too. I
0: think the NFC East will do what the NFC East does all the time and and shoot themselves in the foot and eat each other up because they always seem to like have several teams with playoff chances and then they just beat each other.
3: Which is what we want.
0: Well, yes, mm-hmm. of course. <laughs> but it was the whole thing
3: of we wanted Philly to win, mm-hmm. so we, we could s- squeak into the seven, and then I've been saying, again, when Washington plays Philly, great. Philly beat Washington. Now we need Washington, Washington to beat Philly. Philly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, again, kind of let them cancel each other out as much as possible, and then I just don't want to have to bank on the Giants having to pull one out here in order <laughs> for yeah, us to, to rely on that. <laughs> I've
2: been wrong on this, clearly, the past couple of weeks, but I really do think nine nine wins and you're in, if you're in the NFC. I, I said ten, but the way it's looking with yeah. how the weekend shaked up this past weekend, the Vikings win too. You're mm-hmm. you're in. You're sitting
3: better. Yeah, no, yeah.
0: that's a it's an, a very good point. Well, we've got a lot of good content coming your way this week to get you ready for this Rams game. Uh, Gabe, you got the audible coming up. Who are the guests this week?
2: Brian O'Neill, arguably the best right right tackle in the NFL, hasn't given up a sack all season. Um, there was a stat that said he's given up less than five pressures this year, so it'll be good to have him back on. The goal is to get Gary Bradbury on this week. So stay tuned for that. That'll air Thursday and it'll air Friday on Fox Nine. So stay tuned to that. And then the Friday football feast is on Thursday this week. So nice. No Christmas Eve Friday football feast. We're doing it December twenty third. So be there in Savage at the Buffalo Wild Wings. It'll be a loaded show, a loaded guest appearance with Chad Greenway, of course, of course, PA and Paul Charchian is there. But uh go there and celebrate. Of pre-Vikings win with all of us.
0: Happy holidays with all your best friends, yeah, right? That is true. Jay, we've got Vikings Vantage on Friday.
3: Somebody who knows the Vikings incredibly well and is also super respected nationally, Kevin Seifert is going to be on the show. Um, I remember Kevin as a local sports writer here for the Star Tribune covering the Vikings. And now he's kind of known as almost like one of the foremost wonks for um, NFL rules. Yeah. Just, uh, whenever you're following him as games are going on, people are hitting him up saying, well, what about this role? And what about that role? He's a guy that a lot of people respect as a writer. So check it out this Friday, uh, Vikings Vantage at 630 p.m. on KFAN.
0: And then on opposing viewpoints this week, we have L.A. Times writer Sam Farmer to give us the Rams perspective of things alongside our own team reporter Eric Smith and then of course we'll have post game live following the Rams Vikings game immediately after it ends on all of the Vikings digital and social channels so be on the lookout for all of that. Also, I forgot about this. My game day live interview for Fox 9 guest this week is Harrison Smith coming off his 6th Pro Bowl Nomination Can't wait to hear from him, the season vet. And just, you know, after that defensive performance, it'll be great to hear from the hitman. Well, the Vikings return to U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday at noon to face the Rams as they go for an 8-7 and seven record, which would be the Vikings' first winning record since 2019. So a lot on the line. When L.A. comes to town, kickoff on Fox. Be sure to tune in. Stick with Vikings.com and the Vikings app for everything you need to know to get ready for Sunday. For Jay Nelson, Gabe Henderson, I'm Tatum Everett. We will see you guys at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday. (laughs)